Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team this is the angels recap podcast a review of the past week in angels baseball 2-0 on track this one is crushed left center field way out of here now here's your host trent rush my oh my what a week it has been for angels baseball welcome to this 99th installment of the angels recap podcast my name is trent rush glad to be with you today appreciate everybody uh, that's a subscriber already if you're not go ahead and just click that subscribe button we'd love to have you uh, each and every week you can always follow me on twitter at trent rush sports uh, instagram we're there too though forewarning you're gonna get a lot of pictures uh, of my little daughter there uh lillian if you're uh, checking out uh instagram of course, follow the station as well. Uh, Angels Radio, KLAA. What a week for Angels Baseball. We're going to break it all down. Of course, we will get to the heroics from Shohei Otani on Wednesday night in Houston. That was just sensational, watching Shohei Otani. I'm telling you, that was the best I have ever seen Shohei, and I am not alone in that assessment either. Otani truly was that good for the Angels on Wednesday. But what we're going to do here over the next half hour we're going to spend some time really looking back on the week that was and then taking a little preview at what's to come on this upcoming homestand for the Angels when they'll play uh, the Baltimore Orioles for three games starting on Friday and then four games against the Cleveland Guardians is the new name of the Cleveland baseball team. Uh, but let's pick things up. Right after the Angels, I thought finished the homestand strong, getting two wins against the Marlins last week. You know, they had won three of four. After they dropped the first two against Houston, they get the big win on Saturday night, the ninth, Noah Syndergaard sensational in that game. A 2 nothing win for the Halos. And a game they absolutely had to win. It's hard to say that game three of the season, but it did feel like a must win for the Angels. And then they did. Lost the Sunday game on the questionable call at home with Tyler Wade. Did he touch home plate or not? He did, but it was called that he didn't. Even got reviewed. Just not enough conclusive evidence, I guess. Angels bagged that up with wins against the Marlins uh, on Monday and Tuesday. So the off day on the 13th, only to start this road trip in Texas. A Texas swing with four games against the Rangers and three with the rival Houston Astros. A couple of uh, series in the division. Critical time. I mean, that that's the thing for the Angels right now. These games, especially against division opponents, absolutely critical. And then in that first game, Shohei actually struggled on the mound in this ball game. Uh, a tough go for Otani, who really just 
you know, I, I don't know if he just didn't have his stuff. Went three and two thirds, gives up six runs, takes a loss. He starts the year zero and two. You know, we'll get to the happier part of the Otani pitching story uh, coming up later on uh, in this edition. So I think that that uh, it was, you know, for the Angels. Obviously, you're trying to build the momentum of that Marlins series. They don't get it done. 10-5, Texas ends up being uh, the victors in that one. But then the very next day, again, right after Shohei had pitched the day before, he steps up to the plate and does this in the very first inning. 200 pounds, he's 36 years old, and the first pitch to Shohei lifts one high, and it's carrying deep out in the right center, and that ball is gone! Shohei Otani, the first pitch of the ball game, hits one out. Angels take a 1-0 lead, and on this Friday night, it's showtime. I mean, you know the competitor that Shohei Otani is? Uh, that on Jackie Robinson Day across Major League Baseball as well on that Friday night uh, from Arlington. Just quite the way for the Angels to start off that game, especially knowing that, you know, you'd lost the game before. Otani had to sleep on it, had to stew on that, and then on the very first pitch of the game uh, gives the Angels a lead. But Otani wasn't done that night either in a tight ball game. This one, this time now in the fifth inning, Otani back up for more. Austin Warren here's Shohei swinging and driving one deep out into right field. That one is out near the second deck. It drops in the first deck for a home run for Shohei. That is his second of the ball game. Another solo homer for the Angels. And now the Angels trail it six to four. Yeah, so that gets the Angels back into the ball game, and then there will be some more magic later on in that same game uh, as the Angels would try to get something going. Jared Walsh would single in Mike Trout later in the fifth inning. That ties with the ball game. Then Walsh again, this time in the seventh, for a little insurance. Here's the next pitch, and Walsh lifts one in the air into left field. That ball's carrying deep out into left field, and that one is gone. Jared Walsh with an opposite field two-run homer. Those are some big runs right there. The Angels add on and now lead it 9-6. And for the Angels, that's their fifth home run tonight. Big win for the Angels to even up the series at a game apiece there in Texas. 9-6 ends up being the final. Great to see that uh, from Jared Walsh. No question about it. few big RBI uh, for Walsh there. Now, this was also the game where Joe Madden had intentionally walked in a run, part of a five-run fourth inning for Texas as they were able to take a 6-2 lead in that ball game before the Otani heroics and the Jared Walsh heroics. All those things uh, were great. But here's the thing for the Angels. For the Halos to, you know, you, you walk in the run, it's deflating, those runs all come around anyway, you give up five runs in the inning, you're trying to get yourselves back on track, you sweep the Marlins, you're trying to get right against division opponents, you lost the opener, you need to show some fight and to come back, and what do the Angels do? They answer with a five-run inning the very next frame. That's the kind of resilience you love to see from a ball club. I don't care where you're at in the season, especially early on, though. To be able to show that kind of fight early and climb back just like that, take the lead, and then uh, go, and I don't want to say cruise control, but have the bullpen be able to bail you out of a game where Reed Detmers ends up giving up five runs. I just thought that was a really strong performance from the Angels, maybe a turning point. And Joe Madden explained afterwards about uh, his decision to intentionally walk in uh, a run there as part of a big inning for Texas. The guy's good, and um, 
uh, you know, Warren, I liked. The big thing was the walking of uh, Simeon. That, when that happened, it made it really more difficult. But um, I thought by walking Seeger there, of course, just trying to stay out of a big, a big blow. And also just to stir the group up, quite frankly. You know, that's something you don't normally do. And I thought, you know, just by going out there and doing something like that, the team might respond. And simple as that. Um, Seeger's that good. So I know it was early in the game. But I thought it could have changed the momentum of the game. The box would really hurt. The box made it a two-run uh, moment as opposed to a one-run moment, which I was perfect or happy with. But nevertheless, uh, I thought it was the right thing to do in that moment for us. Okay, let's get to Saturday night's game uh, with the Angels against the Rangers. Third game of the series, and it was Noah Syndergaard on the mound. And once again, Syndergaard stepped up, and he was the ace that you would expect him to be. Quality start, six innings, two runs on five hits, not a walk, struck out four. Syndergaard now 2-0 and with a 1.59 ERA. And when talking about Noah Syndergaard, this is truly a guy that when you need to get a win, he's going to be the guy that you can look to him to get the job done. You can trust him in that. That's what an ace is. Again, what are there, 20 guys across baseball that have ace-like stuff that are that could be aces? The Angels have two of them in Noah Syndergaard and Shohei Otani. I mean, that good. I thought the bullpen was really good in that game. How good was Archie Bradley in that game on Saturday night? Two innings, gets his first hold as a halo, strikes out three along the way. And then who else but Shohei Otani to give the Angels a big boost at the plate? Greg Holland pitched last year for the Royals. And here's the pitch on Shohei. It's hit well out into right center field. And that ball is going to get out. Shohei has just homered out there in right center field. Otani, who had a pair in last night's ball game, gets another one here. And Shohei connecting on a two-run homer, and the Angels have a 6-2 lead. I tell you what, Shohei was giving CPR to his bat. Ever since he did that, he has just been a different guy. By the way, how great is it that all of the Angels now, like when they hit the home runs, they're putting on that cowboy hat that you saw in the dugout there? I thought that was so cool. Also pumping me up for May the 21st when Josh Turner is going to have his concert here at Angel Stadium. How cool is that going to be after an Angels game? Josh Turner uh, is going to be out there. I'm a big country guy. Anybody that listens to this podcast and this show knows that I'm a country guy so not only am I going to pull out the Caymans to go rock those boots uh, I think I also may get some hat game of my own and bust out the Stetson and bring that to the big A I don't know I mean if we're going to go country night we might as well go all in I would think yeah uh, we're going to see some of your cowboy hats I know it but the whole point is I want to see cowboy hats or at least the one in the angels dugout getting worn because that's what the guys are doing after home runs it was great i see you know, bobby v was rocking one on the bally sports west set in the studio look that's fun right and that's and that's the thing about this angels team guys i'm telling you there is something different about this angels group there is a fun there is an excitement there is a confidence in this team i think that they, it all starts with confidence in pitching particularly in the bullpen i mean i think that this angels team knows a couple of things now one you know they have the bats that even if they get down early you know they can swing themselves back into ball games and also, if you build a lead, you can trust that this bullpen is going to lock it down. And I mentioned Archie Bradley a moment ago, but how good has Ryan Sapera been? He's been outstanding. You know, Aaron Loop has been off the charts for the Angels. And you can expect that. The guy had the best reliever ERA 
in Major League Baseball last season. Those three setup slash high leverage guys are such keys for then Rysel Iglesias to be that guy at the end of the game to close it down and be one of the best closers in baseball, which he is. And you're protecting that asset as well. You know, the Angels have themselves set up. How many years have the Angels had this? And, I mean, most teams in Major League Baseball, you have your closer, and then you have your one high-leverage slash setup guy, and everybody else is, you know, you know, kind of replaceable in a sense. You know, we've seen that before with the Angels in the bullpen. This bullpen is different. Having those four dudes that have done it, proven success, great stuff, Super high level, and Luke, Tapera, Bradley, and Rysel Iglesias. My, oh my, what a difference that makes for the Angels. I think confidence in the rotation, too. That's going to come along, right? You know, you got confidence in Otani and Thor at the top. I mean, you know, Syndergaard's a guy you can count on for sure as long as he's healthy and he's off to a great start. Yeah, I think Michael Lorenzen is still developing as a starting pitcher. We've seen him a couple times be great, you know, through three innings and then struggle a little bit after that. You know, I think Lorenzen is an exciting player because of his potential. I think you probably feel the same way about Reed Detmers in a little different sense. You know, because, you know, Detmers, you know, number one left-handed pitching prospect in all of baseball. And, you know, here he is getting set to make his third start of the year. is a critical piece, the Angels rotation. But he's super young. Suarez, super young. Sandoval, 25. But, you know, those three young lefties, we talked about this a lot last week. Those three young lefties are going to be critical for the Angels' success. Okay, let's pause for just a moment for a word from our sponsors here on the Angels Recap Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Still talking about that game uh, on Saturday. So not only was you know about Noah Syndergaard and Shoy Otani hitting his third home run in two games, but that was also the return of Taylor Ward. Angels had been missing him in the outfield. There's no question how much the Angels missed him in the outfield, especially with what we'd find out from Mike Trout the next day. So it was a good thing that Taylor Ward was back. And uh, what does Taylor Ward do in his first game? Oh, just this. So full count, and we're just about ready for the 3-2. Here it comes, and he swings at that one, lifts it in the air. It's hit well in his center field. That ball's hit well, and it is gone. Right over the 407 sign. A home run for Taylor Ward. He's having a nice first game of the season for the Angels. And the Angels increase the lead. It's now 7-2. to two. Yeah, three hits in your first game back, including a home run that goes 424 feet. Welcome back, Taylor Ward. Now all of a sudden there's going to be like there's tough decisions they're going to have to get made. Like when David Fletcher returns, keep in mind this has all been with David Fletcher on the injured list and um, you know, what are you going to do in the infield? I think Velasquez has been sensational at shortstop defensively. What he's given you there, you know, Duffy's been good. Tyler Wade has been good. 
You know, where do you go? I mean, when when you bring back David Fletcher, who's the odd man out? Jack Mayfield has been good. In the outfield, we've seen Marsh be really strong. You know, Joe Adele, yeah, he's got some swing and miss. Yeah, there's been some times in the outfield where you're left scratching your head a little bit. But this guy's got serious pop. And when he makes contact, I mean, the ball goes a country mile. Adele had a three-hit game the other day. I mean, Joe Adele, sky's the limit for Joe. So, who gets who, who's the odd man out here? I mean, that's going to be what's tough to figure. What a great problem for the Angels to have and to try to deal with. But either way, good win for the Angels on Saturday night. Then the next day, what well, was Mike Trout getting the party started early on? Sidelined after mid-May the rest of the year, and the pitch slices that one into right field, and that's an RBI hit. So that will easily score Wade, and Trout delivers right there. He's going to try for two, and he is safe. A hustle double. Mike Trout gives the Angels a 2-1 lead. Mike Trout would get hit in the hand later in the game, would leave the game. Um, you know, it was really, you know, the, on Easter Sunday, you're watching Mike Trout, you know, get a hustle double, and he's okay. And, and then for that pitch to run inside and hit him on the hand, um, fortunately, X-rays, MRI, all that negative. No, there's no break. He's all right. He was able to make a fist. Life's good. And Mike Trout says he's going to play on Friday. So that's all great, you know, because I think that there are probably you know more than a couple people that were fearing the worst because Trout was in some serious pain. Still in that game on Easter Sunday, Matt Duffy. I just talked about him a moment ago. And what do you do with all these really good Angel infielders? Well, Duffy stepped up with a chance to drive it a run himself. There's a little chopper hit on the right side. And that's going to drive in another run is coming in and scoring on that one will be Ward. And that's an RBI hit by Duffy. And boy, the Angels keep adding on here in this ball game. Very nice performance for the Halos for sure. They end up getting the victory 8-3 on Easter Sunday. And afterwards, here is Matt Duffy talking about the Angels series win, taking three of four from the Rangers. Matt, three for five today, your first RBI as a member of the Halos. But this series had been dominated by the home run coming into this one, but you do it today with the base hit, manufacturing runs. How would you describe how the offense is working right now? I mean, awesome. I think you said it. We're, we're beating teams in multiple ways. Uh, I think one through nine, really, just the at-bats have been awesome. Everybody's just grinding things out. The staff does a great job preparing us for, you know, the starter that day and anybody's coming out of the bullpen. So, um, you know, we feel as prepared as ever, whether we're starting, coming off the bench, uh, really, it's just been a, a pretty complete effort, I think, by the offense the, this series, and um, we're starting to click a little bit. So the home runs hat stays on the shelf today. That being said, how about the speed that we've seen? That's kind of a new fold for the team this season, particularly Tyler Wade, Andrew Velasquez. How dynamic does that make this? Yeah, I think, um, you know, especially those guys at the bottom before you get to Shohei and Mike and Anthony and um, and Walshy. that's, I mean, it's just like... We call T. Wade Captain Chaos because, I mean, it's it's just chaos. Anytime he gets on the bases, like, he's always on the ground. He's always diving, flying around. I mean, both of those guys, they I mean, they add another dynamic to an offense that um, in this day and age, it's not super common. Um, there's a couple teams that do it well, and I know defensively I hate playing against teams like that. So, uh, yeah, it just adds another dynamic that's uh, it can be pretty lethal. Captain Chaos, we'll have to keep that one in mind. Last one for you, three of four from this series, but now you guys head home to face the Astros, a very difficult place to 
to play their home opener. But how much confidence does it give you going in there with all of this momentum from winning the last two series? Definitely, yeah, we're clicking. I think, uh, you know, it took us a little bit. The first series against the Astros, we're in a different place, I think, right now as a team. Um, it's only been a couple weeks. But, uh, yeah, we feel good. Um, it's early. We're just trying to grind out as many wins as possible, no matter who it's against. But uh, anytime in division against teams are going to be competing, you know, hopefully towards the end of the year against, uh, yeah, these are big series coming up. Appreciate the time, Matt. Thank you. Yeah. That Erica Weston, courtesy of Bally Sports West. So let's get to that series against the Houston Astros. Of course, the Strohs have taken three of four from the Halos the first time around. The Angels looking for some revenge in H-Town. First game of the series, well, didn't go. The Angels way eight to three, ends up being the final. Astros get the victory. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, two home runs in his first game back from his IL stint. He was really good. And just the way that that game felt, uh, you know, Lorenzen ends up having a short outing there. Yes, Stassi homered. But it just kind of felt like, man, you just got to play perfect baseball to beat the Houston Astros. I mean, at that moment, the Angels have played the Strohs five times and they'd lost four of the games. So you're trying to like, man, oh, man, what is it going to take to find a way to beat Houston? Because, look, they are the gatekeepers when it comes to who's going to be at the top of this division. You know, it has been the Astros division for close to a decade. They have been the team that has dominated the AL West, and that's the team that the Angels have to have. You know, that that's the target, right? It's, it's the Astros. That's the team to beat. Well, in the second game of the series, I thought the Angels were able to bounce back in a really big way. Jack Mayfield had a really strong performance in that game on the mound. It was Patrick Sandoval who ends up going four innings, four hits, one run. It was unearned. Two walks, five strikeouts for Sandy. Sandoval, through two starts, has yet to allow an earned run, as as he has been really good to get this year going. Um, but the way things started, you know, Brandon Marsh, Brings in a run in the second inning. The Angels sack fly a run only for Alex Bregman to go get that one back after an error in the inning. But Joe Adele, I thought, came up really clutch in that game. Drove in a run there, one of his three hits on the day. Uh, To start the fourth inning, which was a a good inning for the Angels, a better one uh, was the fifth when Matt Duffy would make it a 3-1 ball game. Back that up with Jack Mayfield RBI. Now it's 4-1 Angels only for Kurt Suzuki to tack on, still in the fifth. Sure. There's the next delivery, and that's sliced in the gap in right center. That's going to drop in and roll all the way out to the warning track. Angels are going to get a couple more. That's going to be a double for Kurt Suzuki. They haven't been able to get him out all night long, and the Angels' lead keeps growing. It's now 6-1. And then it was the bullpen slamming the door after that. I think Oliver Ortega is really coming into his own. I mean, he was somebody that impressed me out in Tempe during spring training. Uh, Ortega goes two innings in this game. Jimmy Hergit gets two outs. Aaron Loop, four outs without allowing a base runner, gets a strikeout along the way. Andrew uh, Andrew Wance, they're a close it out there at the end. So many good things for the Angels uh, in that game. I just felt like, you know, Aaron Loop especially, you know, being able to be that dude in the bullpen. Then he gets four outs, then you don't even need him the next day because you have Ryan Zapera and you have Archie Bradley and you have other options. And I was just talking about this bullpen, but I, I just don't think it could be understated how critical it is uh, for this bullpen to be so, so good. Okay. I know. The reason why y'all came to this podcast in the beginning was to hear about Shohei Otani and his straight-up masterpiece that he put together on Wednesday night against Houston. First inning. Let's go break all of it down, right? First inning, Otani leads off the ball game with a walk. 
All right, good way to get things going. Taylor Ward then gets a base hit, so first and second, before Jared Walsh would walk. All right, first three batters all on board. Bases loaded, nobody out. That sets up a meeting on the mound with Oda Rizzi, only for Oda Rizzi to walk Anthony Renzone. So the Astros walk in a run. It's one nothing. Halos. Brandon Marsh, then base hit, makes it 2 nothing. Strohs. Stassi strikes out. Adele strikes out. So now there's two outs. Again, it's, it's 2 nothing at the time. And the Angels, look, had the bases loaded, had scored two runs, no outs, but back-to-back strikeouts. Who knows how this game goes at that point. Tyler Wade draws a walk. Okay, so that brings another run in. Now it's 3 nothing. See you later, Odorizzi. In comes Blake Taylor. Andrew Velasquez showing off some big-time wheels. It scored a fielding error by Yuli Gurriel over at first base, but that doesn't happen without the great speed of Velasquez to go headfirst and just get in there. I don't know how he made it in safely, but he did. It'd be challenged. It would hold. So now it's 4 nothing for Shohei Otani. And here's the 1-0. He swings at that one and lifts it in the air. That ball's carrying deep down the left side. That ball is going to be off the out-of-town scoreboard. The Angels are going to see Shohei bring in a bunch of them right there. And the Angels have a 6-0 lead. All that before Otani would throw one single pitch. That's never happened before. Your starting pitcher in the ball game reaches on a walk, scores, then drives in two runs with a double, two at-bats before throwing a pitch. Your starting pitcher, are you kidding me? Baseball history made seems like every single night with Shohei Otani. So as good as Otani was in the dish in the first inning, Angels with a 6 nothing lead, plenty of cushion for Shohei. That was not the story. The story of the night was Otani's absolute brilliance on the mound, especially this stretch in the third and fourth innings. So one ball and two strikes. Here's Shohei's pitch, and he swings at that one and misses that slider. The helmet flies off the head of Goodrum, struck him out. There's one away. Here's the one-two, and there's a swing and a miss, and that was a splitter there, and he made Castro look bad, struck him out swinging. This is filthy right here. This is 90 miles an hour, sells it with the arm speed. It looks like it's a fastball. You go after it, and the bottom just falls out. Shohei's one-two pitch, and that is chased and missed, and he got him. That was a slider. He strikes out the side in order, and boy, he has sailed through the batting order the first time through. Nine straight retired and six of them on strikeouts. Here's the next pitch and he got him swinging right there. A steady diet of sliders and Pena is a strikeout victim and boy, real good stuff tonight from Otani. This is impressive. This is a guy on a mission here. Here's the one-two. And there's a swing and a miss, and that was the splitter, and Brantley gets polished off. So Tani now has struck out the last five batters in a row. Another filthy split. Michael Brantley just doesn't strike out, and there's just nothing he could do. He might end up striking out the side in order back-to-back innings here. One and two is the count. Here's the next delivery, and he got him swinging. He struck him out on a splitter, and boy, oh boy, is Otani mowing them down right now. 12 retired in a row, six in a row striking out. He has nine strikeouts after four innings. And those are only half of his strikeouts. Otani ends up going six innings, 12 strikeouts, one hit, one walk, no runs. Otani had a perfect game going through five and a third innings. 
I mean, that's how good Shohei was. I mean, this was the best we've ever seen. 81 pitches, 55 of them for strikes. We saw Shohei not just use the fastball where he was pushing 99, not only throw the splitter, which we know is arguably the best pitch in all of baseball. I thought his best pitch on Wednesday night was the slider. The slider was off the charts. He got 11 swings and misses on that pitch alone. I mean, the slider was absolutely dominant. Angels win the game 6-0. So they go on the road to Houston without Mike Trout for all three games, get a series win. Angels 8-5, best record in the American League. Angels now 3-4 against Houston on the year. They've won 7-9. of nine, And now they come into a stretch where they're playing Baltimore for three and Cleveland for four. We'll talk about this upcoming homestand in a moment. But first... Here's some words from Joe Madden about what he saw from Shohei Otani on Wednesday night. Well, I'll tell you what, he was possessed tonight. That was a virtuoso performance um, from the beginning. He had a different look about him, and then the stuff um, equaled the look. It was, you know, I'm into all that kind of stuff. If you're sitting in the dugout and you're watching him, um, I think he just had enough of Houston giving him a hard time, and he went, wanted to go out there tonight and do something about it, both on the mound and, excuse me, and at the plate. That's what I saw. Um, his stuff was... Extraordinary. You, you can't even describe it. And again, from field level, it was even better than that. All right, so that's Joe Madden uh, talking about just how great Shohei Otani was in that game. He it was really a sight. And I, I I know I you know I was posting some things on Twitter, and all I wanted was for people to see it. I wanted people to see it. I wanted people to tune in and listen and experience. Just how magical it was to watch Shohei Otani. You cannot, uh, there are not enough adjectives to describe how impressive Shohei Otani was in this game, what he did. And take a listen to this. Okay, Alex Tammon, Angels assistant general manager, was on the Sports Lodge on Thursday with Roger Lodge. uh, And he was talking about his perspective on what he saw from Shohei. I actually got emotional a little bit about it, and I had a chance to tell Shohei after the game that, uh, honestly, it was a privilege. It was a privilege to watch him do what he did, a double, a walk, a bunt single, a double-plus split, double-plus slider, broke out a double-plus curveball late and was dotting 98. Uh, you just don't, you know, that's video game stuff. It was, <laughs> it, was tru- it was truly a privilege to watch him do it. When you think about it like that, truly sensational that Otani was able to accomplish what he did. We've never seen a player like this. It was special. And then to do so on the road in Houston against a team he's never beat to get that kind of a performance and the Angels to get the win without Trout. I mean, that's a big deal. It's a big deal for that to happen. And that was a reason why this year feels different. I know that this is, I'm not counting the 2020 COVID year. Last three Aprils, the Angels at some point in the second week of the season have had the top spot in the ALS. They've had the division lead at some point the last three Aprils, two weeks into the season. That, that, that's happened, all right? This year feels different. feels different because of the bullpen. It feels different because right now everybody's healthy and you want things to stay that way. feels different because you have Noah Syndergaard at the top of your rotation. It feels different because you're not top-heavy in the sense that like, you still have star power in Trout, Rendon, obviously Otani, obviously Syndergaard. But like, 
in the past, you've seen players that you're either like a superstar or you're kind of like just a journeyman hanging on at the big league level. This year, it's different. You have a lot of guys that I think are, are like mid-level players in baseball. Like Jared Walsh, an all-star. David Fletcher, gold glove finalist. Tyler Wade's a game changer. Matt Duffy's a game changer in a World Series champion. You have star prospects in your outfield and Adele and Marsh that are fascinating. How about the job that Taylor Ward has done? Former first-round pick that finally it feels like this is the year for the breakout. You have the best pitch framer in baseball in Max Stassi behind the plate. Here's a stat for you. This is as of Wednesday morning. The Angels were number one in wins above replacement at one position. You know what position that was? Catcher. Number one in baseball in wins above replacement at the catcher position. Stassi and Suzuki. I mean, what's that say about this group? I know it's super early, right? I mean, does war really matter two weeks into the year? Probably not. But it goes to tell you those guys are off to great starts. It goes to tell you that there is something different happening with this Angels club. This is not like years past where you're just, all right, great start, let's go, we're excited, okay, cool, let's see if we can hang on. No, no, no. This is the expectation. The expectation is to go take care of business in Texas and Houston. The expectation now is for Baltimore and Cleveland to come in and play well against these guys because there is a stretch from like the middle to end of May to early June where the schedule is absolutely crazy. Like the Angels are going to have a home stand. They're going to play four games against Toronto uh, the last week of May. Off day, what's that, the 29th? Or the 30th is the off day. 31st, start a series in New York, then go to Philly. Come back home, four against Boston, three against the Mets. Off day, two road games at Chavez Ravine against the Dodgers, and then four with Seattle before coming back home for Kansas City. But that stretch, when you're talking... Blue Jays, Yankees, Phillies, Red Sox, Mets, Dodgers, Mariners. Seven straight series there, all going to be tough. All against playoff contenders, all against teams that you cannot take a night off against any of them. So when I see Baltimore coming in for three and then Cleveland for four, I know the Angels have struggled against Cleveland. But when I look at what's ahead for the Angels, this is a week you got to take advantage because it's going to be tough. Like, if the Angels could play close to 500 baseball in that stretch and then take care of business and win the series that they're going to they're gonna play elsewhere, they could be all right. But that stretch from end of May to middle of June? Are you kidding me? I mean, that is an absolutely brutal stretch on the schedule. It's going to be really tough to play close to 500 baseball in that time. That'd be tough for any team. So, win the other series. And, and you beat the teams you're supposed to beat, hold your own against the other playoff contenders, you can be in good shape. We're super early in this thing. But there is plenty of reason to be optimistic. There's plenty of reason to feel like there's something different with this ball club. Speaking of this upcoming homestand, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Uh, Friday, first 25,000 fans in attendance are going to receive a cooler bag presented by Yakult Probiotic Drink. We're going to see an MLB Jackie Robinson Day video because it's the Angel Stadium will be observing Jackie Robinson Day because the Angels were on the road on April the 15th. So that video is going to happen pregame. So that's going to be cool Friday night. Then on Saturday, the first 25,000 fans are going to get themselves a roll-up blanket presented by Nationwide Pet Insurance. And then, of course, you have your Saturday night fireworks driven by SoCal Honda dealer.
Steelers. Check out uh, some of the new concessions around the ballpark when you're hanging the Big A Strike Zone Chicken. It's new. It's over at uh, Section 223. They have Nashville-style hot and buttermilk chicken sandwiches. Really, really good. And I, I had I haven't had the buttermilk chicken yet, but I had the Nashville hot. It was great. And it wasn't like overly spicy, but it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Chronic Tacos, still in the ballpark, but now it's in Section 211. So it's moved because the Strike Zone Chicken's where Chronic Tacos used to be. And then uh, go up and check out Brewery X at Angel Stadium. Uh, it's going to be new in the club level of right field. It used to be St. Archer. Now it's Brewery X. There's a new menu. It's really cool. Speaking of Brewery X... Be sure to check out some Angels recap after parties. Yeah, we're going to be doing this after a handful of games throughout the season. Uh, the first one's going to be on May the 11th. Come follow me after the game. You come to Angel Stadium, you have a great time at the Big A, and then come follow me. I'm going to Brewery X. That's where we're going to be doing the Angels recap show that we do on Angels Radio AM830. It's going to be a party. I want you to be a part of it. We'll have a good time, hang out, talk some baseball, and uh, we're going to be doing the show at Brewery X. I mean, it's going to be an absolute blast. If anybody's been to Brewery X, this, this place is really, really cool. Uh, go check that out uh, for sure. Again, that's uh, on AM830. Um, we're going to have these these uh, after parties, after games. So check that out. It's going to be lots of fun. And then if you haven't yet, like anybody, you listen to this podcast, you guys know I am a lover of history. I appreciate the neat artifacts and um, just the tradition of this game. I'm all about it. One of the great things at the Big A this year is the new trophy case that was installed on the terrace level. It's across from Don Julio Club, displaying memorabilia, awards, and all kinds of really cool stuff. Highly encourage you to go give that a peek. Um, and it just if, if you appreciate the history of the game, you're going to see some things in there that just pump you up. I mean, it's it's like it, it's the kind of display that belongs in Cooperstown. Like, it's really cool. I'm so glad and so excited that's at the Big A as part of uh, what we got going here at Angel Stadium. All right, Angels-Orioles, three games this weekend, then four games against Cleveland next week. Lots of fun at the Big A. I hope to see you out here for all of it. And then, of course, you come to the game, you turn on AM830, tune in to Angels Recap on your drive home, send me some tweets at Trent Rush Sports, um, and we'll have lots of fun on the radio as well. So we'll be with you the whole night having a good time uh, experiencing some Angels baseball and keep watching this team play well because there's something different that's happening with this ball club this year. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.